how do you edit a talking head video to be entertaining? It's a massive industry, but extremely hard to stand out in. But the secret to doing so is in the editing. And Amy, who edited for Legal Eagle, knows it too. So we asked Amy to find out, how do you edit talking head videos? People are drawn to variety. You want to keep that element of surprise. If it's making me laugh, I just have to trust other people will also laugh. Jolts the viewer's attention away, refocuses their attention. Who doesn't love a cuddly little teddy bear? This interview was recorded by the best video podcasting tool, Riverside. Honestly, if you're not using Riverside for all of your virtual meetings, you're making a big mistake. I've even been using it for consultations. As soon as we're done, I get to send them the entire recording. And not to mention the recording quality is freaking it's good. Whereas other virtual meeting services can only do up to 720, Riverside can do 4K. Which is why we like to use it for podcasting. And we love it because it records each audio and video track separately so that editing is such a breeze when we get into post. Which means our editor can get started on cutting it almost immediately. And even if you or your guest has absolute garbage internet, it doesn't matter. Because remember that one time when we were in the hotel room? I mean, the call kept on jostling. I thought we lost it, but because Riverside records locally and then uploads, the call was perfect. And it's easy for the guest. They don't need to install anything. You just send them the link and you can start recording. It even says like, roll out the red carpet. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it makes it, me feel special. It makes me feel so special. If you're podcasting, creating video content or recording online calls, then sign up to riverside.fm for free and use code editingpodcast for 20% off. And you can find that link in the description and we'll see you back in the interview. Talking head genre is, I think, very underappreciated in terms of how to make these videos work on YouTube. Because I think part of the writing is to keep them engaged, but part of the entertainment factor in the editing is, of course, you've got to keep them watching as well. There is massive risk of drop-off. A lot of it in, in that maintenance of focus is in the editing. The philosophy behind a talking head video. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, well, you're joking, but there really is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess there is. I've never thought of it that way. But I think what you need in your arsenal for a talking head video is really just a lot of, like, supplementary material to cover the talking head. Lionel Hutz is unstoppable. And the best part is, if you don't win your case, your pizza's free. You'd be surprised how often We wanted to make this look like Devin playing a video game while ranking TV lawyers. So I had three or four slides that I put together for each individual lawyer. And I just went a little bit crazy with the graphs. I very specifically used like a pixelated font, you know, trying to give it a, like an 8-bit quality to it. It kind of makes me feel like I'm playing a Tekken game. Choose your character. And then with that implication really does add to that competitive nature of all of these rankings. So today we're ranking fictional TV lawyers and we'll be doing that using several criteria. So this First screen, all, I wanted to create just like a, just a gameplay kind of thing with options just translating everything because he's a lawyer. So lawyers have very specific skills. So is this all one After Effects comp? Yes, it is. I don't know what I wrote, but occasionally I would throw in like a little Easter egg sometimes with, with the language, but I don't know if anybody caught it. There's some nice little Easter eggs on to reward those that do pause and look at these graphics. Objection! 
being a new. So a lot of this is just playing, pulling from, you know, the memes or quotes from the, the shows that he's referencing. You're even using this say, the memes and quotes from the show to even respond to what Devin was saying. Yes, the call and the response of it. His law skills are extremely, extremely lacking. Objection! How much time does it take you to go through and find all of these movie quotes? That is almost an art in itself. Just finding the clip that sometimes you get lucky and you just land on the perfect line that that it better illustrates what he's talking about. Actually, lawyer skills were not too, too bad. Middle of the pack here often gave reasonably good advice to the doctors and administrators of Sacred Heart. Look, if you know about something by not reporting it, you're every bit as culpable now. Is there anything you want to tell me? Unfortunately, no one ever, ever followed Ted's advice. The sound design is is a big part of that, too. For a video styled after a video game, you got to have the, the video game noises, right? Arts and uh, there's a judge and then, you know, people say things. You've never done this before, have you? Just adds like a little extra something to it. Sound is such a neglected part of it. The icing to the cake, it just really completes the entire video. One of the most common challenges with that style of video is holding attention. You know, people are drawn to variety. So you have to be very strategic in deciding how long to linger. I mean, if you linger too long, eyes glaze over, boredom kicks in viewers click out. It does take some practice to kind of find that balance. Um, but when you do it often enough, you kind of just develop a, a spidey sense, I don't know, a certain radar for when it's time to switch it up. And pattern interrupts are great for this um, because they're kind of like a, a reset button. It might be a quick cut to a meme or a movie quote. Jimmy slash Saul's lawyering abilities are top notch, despite not going to a top law school. The University of American Samoa. Go land crabs. He is able to dig in. That kind of jolts the viewer's attention awake and refocuses their attention. You want to keep that element of surprise always in the background. Instead of just by relaying the information for you, you're adding these extra entertainment factors towards it. Adding some more characters, some more personality, playing towards the assumption that like law and lawyers and the courtrooms is a, is a scary place. Yeah. Adding that sense of humor kind of just makes this information so accessible. And a lot of that is just because of the choices that you made in editing. People just have very short attention spans. And so, you know, you have to, you have to adjust to that. There's like a flow to it. Sometimes when editing, is my attention waning? Like, am I getting a little bit bored? That's what I rely on a lot, is my own internal sense of what, of, you know, when I'm getting bored and when it's time to, to cut to something different. As editors, we sometimes, we edit and we edit very objectively. Like, okay, let's put this in, let's put this in. Okay, it's time for me to do this. But then there is another part of the process where we do need to watch the video as an audience member ourselves. And there are those moments where I was like, okay, actually, maybe this wasn't good enough. Or actually, maybe I am losing focus myself as I'm re-watching the video. If there's moments like that when you're working your video and you notice, you notice something can be better here, what would be your process be of like, okay, how can I make this better? Well, sometimes I'll take a little break. You know, because you're, when you're staring at something so long, you start to get lost in it and you, you need like a, you need fresh eyes and fresh ears. So sometimes it's helpful for me to step away a little bit 
and come back to it. And often when I do, I find that this thing that I've been tinkering away at for like two hours actually doesn't work. You can throw the whole kitchen sink at something. You think you're doing something and then you find that actually you need to simplify. You don't need so much. The thing that I finally land on is actually maybe the first idea I had that was just pretty simple and that worked better. Hello. Cheeky segue. (laughs) We just wanted to take a moment to let you know about some of our favorite products. Get funding for your content. That's it. That's what Creative Juice can offer. Juice funds have helped creators upgrade their gear, hire editors, or start the podcast they've always dreamed of. Which was amazing for us because we uh, really underestimated how expensive a podcast is. It's a lot of beans. But what's really exciting about Juice, though, is that you stay in total control of your content. Which is awesome because it's only you that knows exactly what you need for your channel. Juice just supports you with funding and resources. Think invoicing, expenses, income, and more. And Juice helps you with the worst part of being a creator taxes. Creative Juice is awesome because they have personalized tax prep tools where you can pay contractors, track 1099s, and categorize all your expenses automatically. All of those things you just said, I've never heard of. That sounds really scary. Juice, please help me. And we actually did just send our producer, Ashley, a W-9. All I had to do was type in her email. She fills it out and sends it back to us. We'll get a notification and boom, it's super easy. And that's great because the less time you spend doing taxes, that's more time for you to be doing what you do best. Creating. Go to the link in the description and sign up for Juice today at getjuice.com slash getfunding. We need to have a serious conversation. I need you to stop spending your entire day looking for music that actually isn't even that good. The Track Club is actually full of bloody great music. Their entire library is banger after banger and mash. We also know that audio is essential for creating an emotional world for your audience. This is why beyond having great music, Track Club has MixLab, which allows you to use stems to customize it to your situation. For example, there's this documentary song that I really liked that sounded hopeful. But if I soloed the vocals, that sounded scary. Or I just used the mallets to create a build. And Track Club makes it super simple to avoid copyright strikes. Paste your channel's URL into Track Club and Bob's your uncle. Your videos will be cleared automatically. My uncle's name's Dave. Guess what? They're offering your first month for free. So go to the link in the description and get your free month of Track Club today. I think that is actually one of the biggest challenging disciplines as editors, especially when he's talking head genre, where the writing is great, the performance is great, and you want to support it as much as possible. And so the temptation is to start throwing in large chunks of music and like and like lots of graphics and some interesting sound effects and some animations. But then there is a risk that that could potentially become distracting from the actual intent of the content. I've experienced this where it's just like, I, I was really entertained by what I just saw. The video ended and I went, wait, I didn't actually learn anything. If Devin was to send you a video right now, like, hey, I covered this topic, how would you start editing one right now? Obviously, technically, the first thing I would do, I would look at the script and see where we're going. Um, I would put together a very rough cut of the footage, you know, eliminating all the uhs and the ums and the pauses, the dead air, just getting like a really tight cut initially. And then what I do is I go back into my timeline and I will leave markers, like notes for myself about like what I want to do with motion graphics once I get into After Effects. Um, you know, finding finding the articles that are linked in the script, reading those articles, and then trying to find the best caption 
that is easily understandable to anybody. It's basically like the explain like I'm five approach. It's most effective if you can get a little cheeky with it because naturally inquisitive people love to learn, but they don't want like a PowerPoint presentation to get there. And so the remedy for that is infusing humor into the conversation because then you're meeting two very important objectives. You're educating, but you're ushering in that education almost like a Trojan horse through the vehicle of humor. It's bringing it into the initial idea of explain like I'm five. Yep. But uh, the, the risk of that is depending on how it's presented, can be considered patronizing or condescending. But humor is very disarming. If humor kind of gives you permission to be able to talk about these subjects a bit more appropriately, what instances are there where, let's just say, there was some information that had to be simplified, but then you were able to inject humor to make us uh, not feel, well, patronized? I'm very specifically thinking of our South Park episode. He's talking about the Chewbacca defense. It does not make sense. If Chewbacca lives on Endor, you must acquit. Okay, so there are a lot of problems with this particular theme uh, and this this parody of the the O.J. Simpson glove. I had to come uh, up with one. some caption for how to describe. I called them cuddly little teddy bears because who doesn't love a cuddly little teddy bear? I don't think that's patronizing to say that. I mean, it, it's funny and it kind of drove the point home too. But I spent just a crazy amount of time coming up with this one little caption. I was like, oh, okay, that tickles me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that tickles you. That that should be the rule. That this, is a rule. This yeah. tickles me. I've done a good job. Yes. I think for lots of people, it's really difficult to say, like, if I gave the note, make a joke here. They don't know where to start. Like, they don't know, okay, well, so what does that mean? How do I wrap my mind around how do I make something that's not funny all of a sudden funny with editing? What's your thought process? What's your strategy to create funniness out of nothing? A lot of it is manipulated in the editing. It's not necessarily uh, the performance that was captured originally. Some of that is crafted later on. Um, but, you know, it's it's interesting with comedy, with humor, it's so subjective. I mean, what I find funny might not be funny to other people. I can only go off of my own instincts here. And so that's why I always, I'm just always in touch with how it's, how I'm receiving it. And if it's making me laugh, I just have to trust that other people will also laugh. I don't know how you teach that kind of thing because everybody has everybody has their own brand of what 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 tickles them you know Devin to his credit gave me a lot of creative license to to play in that area and just you know infuse a little bit of my own personality into it and I really just had the comment the comment section to go by to see if the jokes were landing <laughs> something landed I was like oh that's great because we didn't even plan it that way. How would you describe your brand of humor if you could? Uh, dad jokes. <laughs> Mostly dad jokes. Um, dry, very dry. Mm -hmm. I really like to play, in particular with my own channel now, Awkward Anthems, I like to play with the absurdity of things. Like, I'm not going to rent something on a piece of paper with just regular pencil. I'm going to write it with a giant one. <laughs> I love the exaggeration. It's almost like a Pee Wee Herman kind. Of, I don't even know what I'm trying to do there. But I love to take something that's not absurd 
and make it absurd because <laughs> that's funny to me. I think for me, what impresses me about you so much is the fact that you took the time to figure out how to master motion graphics, which is such a huge part of, it sounds like the talking head language and really creating that flow and that interest. What was your process and how did you start learning After Effects? How did you start getting into motion graphics? Because I know myself, I am so intimidated by those types of things. I remember the very first time I opened After Effects and I just rage quit. <laughs> it was too much. There's, I don't like to have too many options. You give me too many options. I don't even know where to start. It's overwhelming. But I've been working in After Effects since high school. It was actually, After Effects was a thing back in 2003. So I slowly kind of dipped my toes in there. And then I discovered that there were websites where you could sell your, your After Effects templates and then you could make like an affiliate commission anytime somebody purchased it. And so I had more incentive to get better at it because I could make some money, like as a passive income stream. That's the stuff that I'm most passionate about. I love motion graphics. And and now with with the experience that, that I have, it's really fun now because whatever I can think about, I can build. I know what to do now. Um, it's frustrating when you're starting out because you probably have this big vision for what you want to do. But it's like, where do you even start? You start slowly and you learn a little bit every day. The amount that creators sleep on and editors in, in general just sleep on the fact that creating templates, as many templates as you can. So I create project templates, bin templates, mm -hmm. um, motion graphic templates. That is one of the single most biggest time savers when you're editing. And when you are able to save time, you're able to make more money. You're able to be way more efficient with the amount of stuff you can create. And it's just so, so valuable. So I love that you touched on that. Yeah, it's a great way to, I mean, you want to, at a certain level, you have to be able to optimize your process. You have to be able, you need those shortcuts because we have deadlines. We have to get stuff done and every project requires a little something different. Some might be 15 minutes long. Some might be closer to like 30 you need to be able to not think too much when you get into it. You just got to go. And so the templates are very useful for that. So with everything that we've also just talked about, what would you say would be the free rules of a talking head video? Don't stay on the talking head too long. <laughs> I think we've covered this. Find ways to incorporate humor because the message will be received in a much you know, easier way. Make it accessible in that way. Make it funny and add some Easter eggs. Add some little things that uh, the audience can sort of expect. They might find something in there, but they got to either read the fine print or they got to maybe pause the video to get to get the full joke. But adding those kinds of things are really visually interesting and can also be funny. 